This is the Bushwick Variety Show. And I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, conscious beings of all various types. Thank you very much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number eight. In this episode, I talk with an old friend of mine, Lucia Rollo. She's the owner, founder of Bushwick Darkroom. Uh, She used to be one of the main organizers for Bushwick Open Studios, which was a blast when it was in its prime. We get into that and other things. Uh, We also organized a block party um, some years back on McKibben Street, um, back in the old Potion Collective days. So we go way back. I'm really happy and proud of everything that she's doing. The dark room's dope. And uh, we catch up on a lot of things. Um, I hope your week's going well. Uh, sorry if this one came out a little bit later. But uh, I'm a stubborn dude. Makes me even more determined to do this twice a week like I've been doing. And add some bonus episodes. So there will be a bonus episode or two or three, or many more coming out soon. Mark on your calendars May 15th at New Blue. Big World Breaks Tag Team. A night of music featuring Jumani Smith, Riley Mulherkar, I'm sure I'm butchering his name, Elizabeth Pupo Walker, and Aaron Walker Loud. Come check it out. I'll be there. Bushwick Variety Show will be in the house, um, and I'm very much looking forward to being there and featuring interviews with those amazing musicians. Also, part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is to inspire you to do your thing, pursue your goals, pursue your dreams, and take action to manifest them. Take steps every day to do do your thing. So I would be a hypocrite if I didn't do that myself, if I didn't practice what I preached. So I've been involved with a theater company called the Shelter Theater Company. And on Monday, we have a show coming up called The Peep Show, meaning Come Peep It. It's called Heroes and Villains. It's going to be at 7 o'clock. It's a reading of new short plays um, with the theme Heroes and Villains. It's going to be done at Hill Country in Manhattan. Your boy, a.k.a. me, is uh, playing kind of a typecast role, playing the big bad wolf. You know me, I'm a, I'm a wolf. That's why I always take my pictures with my wolf pack. Um, but yeah, come on through. I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about everything the shelter is doing. I'm just excited about doing things and being involved and motivating and manifesting. Like we become what we think about. We are what we speak about. And so do what you be about. Uh, That's why I like having these conversations. That's why I love talking to these brilliant people in all different parts of their path. And I hope it inspires you to have conversations with people reach out, build with people, connect with people, get involved with people, get involved with whatever you want to do and things will happen because you make them happen. 
So this is episode eight. Thank you for listening. This is Lucia Rallo. Let's be about it. Let's think about it. Let's speak about it. Let's have a conversation. So you like meet people over there, get chat and let them know what they do, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you've got the band and mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So he's just another one of those. Yeah, one of those people. This Bushwick people. So yeah, so it's gonna be uh Bushwick Variety Show is the name of it. Cool. Um There's a bigger thing in the future where I wanna do quarterly like throw actual quarterly variety shows awesome um, and collaborate with many different types of people it's yeah. definitely going to be focused on music and performing yeah but not exclusive to that it's definitely focused on bushwick but not exclusive to bushwick cool so it's i want to but it's located in bushwick located in bushwick and i definitely want it to be a platform that i feel as a musician i feel doesn't exist mm-hmm. and so i could keep crying about it or this is my way of doing something about it for awesome. myself and for the community yeah um yeah because if nobody's doing it it's just sort of a platform for presentation yeah who's gonna say no to that yeah so um have yeah. you been to gold sounds um i've not been to gold sounds i feel like that might be the like actually right type of venue for that type of thing because they yeah. have like like a like back room but it's like right there in the back so it's like very clear where it is and it has a stage and and then they have like a large front room like you probably went there at some point in one of its other iterations i went i I did go there um before it was gold sounds but it's it's different now and i like it it's like i i hadn't gone there for years because it's been there for a couple years now Mm. and I was just like, oh, that, like, building is, like, cursed. That thing will be gone yeah. in, like, six weeks. Like, I'm not going to bother wasting my time. But it, like, keeps not being gone. So I ended up there, like, uh, I don't know, a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this place is cool. I think they've got a pool table yeah. and, like, a nice bar. And then, like, the, like, performance room, like, directly in the back. I know some of the people involved. Like, I used to do... Um they used to throw shows like there there's a promotion company um they used to throw shows oh interesting like, all new york um i think actually are those your dogs yeah the, the bear wolves are in the building that's definitely fozzy um that's hilarious yeah so how are you how, how are things going um we got into it a little bit but uh how how many years has the bushwick dark room been happening now well i started it in the basement yeah in february of 2011 i like ran that whole kickstarter campaign i think in like november december of 2010 and then spent like a month like collecting everything and putting it together and like sealing that room and all that jazz putting flyers that was in the basement of mckibben or which basement was no that was in the basement of the building on on trotman and wyckoff okay where I'm like still at. <laughs> you were at one point also in the loom, right? Yeah. So I was in the basement for like a year and a half or so, I think. And then like, um, it was so strange. I did a couple deals with Groupon and Living Social when they were like first launching as platforms and they were like extremely successful. 
and like like only like maybe like half the people ended up like redeeming their coupons or whatever so Mm -hmm. it was just basically free money yeah um and so i banked a bunch of that and uh figured out like realized and then and we got a donation of the first color uh paper processor and we didn't have anywhere to set that up and so that was when i started looking for bigger spaces and then just kind of by happenstance but also through arts and bushwick um i like got I met this girl and she was like, oh, I have this space like, and I'm trying to get a dark room. And I was like, oh, I have a dark room and I'm trying to get space. And it sort of worked for a little while, but then she stopped paying rent. Um, <laughs> and so I just ended up taking over. And then in 2013, yeah, in December of 2013, um, Print Space, which was like a place that like the dark room is definitely in my mind modeled after um at least in like some of its like initial like iterations like they went through a couple different like physical spaces as well but they were in Manhattan ultimately on 19th street um and they were going bankrupt and they realized that like their like having their dark room resources was costing you know 80% of the revenue, but bringing in like 20. Um, and so they made the, like, it seemed like it was a really painful decision, um, to go just digital and get rid of all their darkroom stuff. Um, and so they gave us all like what they were like, come with a box truck, take whatever you can. So I got like a 10 or 14 foot box truck and like found a couple of dudes and like, we just spent like, it must've been like 12 hours, like pulling shit out of there. Um, but then I didn't have anywhere to put that. So I put it into storage on like over on Grand Ave. It was ridiculous. I was paying $500 a month for these two storage units. I probably had about as much space total between the two of them as this studio, which is like, how much would you say this is like 300 square feet? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I had probably two... 400 square feet, the studio. I don't know. I might, I think I feel like I might've had two like 150 square foot, 100, 150 square foot. Anyway, whatever, that's irrelevant. So, but I had that shit in storage for like two years while I was looking for a new space. Um, and then in all kinds of random weird ways, we stumbled onto this building at the last minute and, um, it was just like, okay, this building is perfect, except not at all, (laughs) but definitely better than anything else. Like we ever could have found in the location for the price. Um, And so we started building that out in, funnily enough, February of 2015. So exactly four years later. And we were basically like shut down and doing construction for like six months. And then we opened up slowly in like July, August, September of 2015. So explain how the dark room works like for a photographer um yeah what you guys do over there god i mean that's one of the things that's like stressing me out like so much right now is because like we're both like we're we're taking over more of the building right so we're doing all these like physical like renovations and changes but i'm also like i just signed up for this like business coaching thing which like may or may not be a good decision but 
she wants me to restructure everything in terms of like the pricing and the memberships and everything. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to make that like reasonable, but like, and I don't think I'm going to ultimately end up doing exactly what she's recommending because she's basically telling me to raise my prices to $500 a month. Um, without, and $500 a month and then include like 50 sheets of paper and 10 rolls of film, um, just fresh unexposed and also like development of those 10 rolls of film if they want. Um, so we'd be offering like more tangible value, but I don't know if it's $500. (laughs) And she's like, you're undervaluing yourself because you're a woman. And I'm like, I know. What? Like, <laughs> and so what is it now? Like, Right now we have a, like, um, we basically have two, two different membership levels and then like a volunteer option. Um, and I should preface this with the volunteer program is overflowing and we do not need any more applicants. Do not, <laughs> like... I do not want people contacting me about the volunteer program. We already have way too many people. Um, maybe talk to me in a year. Like, we just brought on a bunch of new people, too. So we're, like, in the process of, like, training and, like, no. Um, <clears throat> but there are two membership levels. The one, if you commit to a year, it's $125 a month. Um, if you want to do it month by month, it's 200 if you come in in person, 250 if you just sign up online. Sorry, you got a 20% discount if you, like, come in. It seems reasonable. Um, and that just gets you, what does that get you? That gets you 24-7 access to um, the gang dark rooms, the black and white and color dark rooms. The black and white dark room has like eight stations in it. Um, and I think the color has five right now, but I'm not sure if they're all working. There might only be like three functional enlargers in the color dark room at the moment. Um, and then also all our like... Uh, 35 millimeter and flatbed scanners. We have a couple of Paycon 135s, which I had never heard of until like 2015. Um, but they're amazing. You just feed a, like an uncut roll of 35 millimeter film in and it just like eats it and scans it and like just does it for you. You just like, so it's great. Um, Cause prior to getting those, I was chopping all the, film up and doing it on the flatbed and that's so tedious because it's like five strips at a time like frames at a time and so that's been awesome and so those those are available to the members um as well as like all the chemistry you know and all the equipment for like you know lenses grain focusers easel so all people have to do is bring their film and paper um and like there's a lockbox on the door and the code changes every month um and they also have they also have lockers, um, and they get discounts on the private dark room because there's there's a private dark room, and then there's what was a large format dark room, but no one ever used it except for the one guy who didn't like fucking pay rent because it was his enlarger. He took it out, so now I'm turning it into an alternative processes studio because like that's what I want, and like other people want that too, um, and I think there's a larger market for alternative processes than there is for 8x10 because it's much more affordable and there are a lot of people that want to be able to do cyanotypes, if nothing else. Um, And those are simple, but we're probably going to have to improve the ventilation in that room 
So how did you, uh, what brought you to that? Like, let's start um, with when did you come to New York? Um, and then from there. <laughs> so when did you come from New York? I came to New York, like, probably a month after I graduated from high school in 2005. Okay. Um, and I started interning at Tavern on the Green um, with their, like, photo department because they had these photographers that, like, went around to all the dinner tables and offered to take souvenir photos. Mm-hmm. So fucking ridiculous. And then eventually I started doing that and making a little bit more money doing that because it was a paid internship. It was great. I- I'm so glad I got that job because I stayed there for a year and a half, and that really helped, like like soften my landing into the, into the city. Um, it gave me a sense of like, sort of like independence and autonomy, like really quickly that in retrospect was completely false and fabricated and based on the fact that the economy was in this weird, like booming situation where they could afford to pay an $18, an 18 year old intern $8 an hour to do virtually nothing and like have that be okay. It was ridiculous. But then I started making like 20, 25 and that was awesome. Um, and I've never made as much money since. <laughs> Probably a true statement. Um, but yeah, then I went to SVA, the School of Visual Arts, um, and I studied photography. Um, and I did a bunch of different stuff, and I interned at some magazines. And I was under the impression <clears throat> for like most of college that I was just going to um, graduate and get a job as like an assistant photo editor at a magazine or something. Um, but then right when I, I graduated in 2009, so, uh, the economy really hit the fan. I remember (laughs) I moved here in the late 2008. Yeah. And I guess I met you in 2009 Mm -hmm. when I was working at the working families party because like it was literally the only job I could find and I was so desperate and it was cool for a while, but then they put me on fundraising and were asking me to go fundraise to fight Citizens United, which is all about getting money out of politics, on Staten Island, which is so conservative, for, like, three weeks in the middle of December from 5 to 9 p.m. Like, oh, my God. Oh, it got really not fun. And so I quit that. And, um, yeah, we were living in McKibben at that point, basically. Um, Yeah. Until when? Like, until, like, the summer of 2010, and then we, James and Jameson and Kate and I moved into the apartment that I still live in. Um, and what did I do? I guess that's when I started walking dogs. Um, and I was, cause I was like, I can't tolerate this. Like I was working at this jewelry company doing product photography and the, it was just a really t- horrible environment. And I like gained a bunch of weight and got really depressed and Yeah. Circle of life. <laughs> um, so then I started walking dogs, but I didn't have access to a dark room, right? Um, and so I was trying to go to like ABC No Rio because it was six dollars an hour for their dark room, and I was like, I can make that swing. Like I can, I can make that work. Um, but I mean, I think even they would like actively acknowledge that their dark room was like really broken down. Like it was falling apart, and there was no heat in the building. And it was all entirely volunteer run, which I guess is where I got the idea for having a volunteer run dark room. I don't know if that's actually occurred to me before, <clears throat> but that meant that like people would say that they would show up and then they wouldn't. And, um, you know, it was like a 45 minute trip. And so I'd like go down there to like get my prints or whatever, or like make prints or whatever. And like, there wouldn't be anybody there. 
and the room would be locked and like it's like and so I tried to like ask them about volunteering but they I just feel like they like were not receptive to me well, maybe they were overflowing with volunteers at that point but then shouldn't there have been people there yeah <laughs> like, well, maybe I mean I feel like my like hours of operation have gotten a lot more consistent mm. since having because we have basically three people scheduled like at all times so if someone flakes it's not that big a deal because there are generally at least two other people that aren't flaking sometimes two sometimes they I mean it happens you know but, like, not that often because there's backup. So, like, yeah. Organizing, <laughs> that's one of the things that I know you for. Um, we organized that block party. Um, yeah. And then you were a large part of um, Arts and Bushwick and Bushwick Open Studios for a while, too. Yeah. When did I do that? <clears throat> I guess I started doing that stuff in 2011. Yeah. Maybe 2010. Because I was doing, I did the Site Fest launch party. I don't remember what year that was, if that was 2010 or 2011. I feel like that might have been early 2010 when we were still living at McKibben. Um, and then I did the BOS launch party that year. And then it was like that December that like Chloe and Laura and everybody were like, we are so tired. We're not doing this anymore. And everybody in the room was kind of like, oh, um. And I was like, wait, what? Like. You can't just, like, let this thing die. Um, and I guess I fucking threw together a team, and we made it happen. And then we all kept doing it for a little while, and then <clears throat> some, you know, bullies staged a coup. <laughs> Within three months, we were all gone. Um, but we're all, like, like we're all still friends. And so I remember when you left and, uh, you know, I, I don't know all the insides of it, but I know, like, my, my, my most of my experience with Arts and Bushwick was when you were a part of it. Yeah. Um, I feel like, am I wrong, though, that, like, after you left, has my there been another... My entire team left. And has there been another the that shift, year. or is it... So it's like a I have no idea what's even going on anymore. Yeah. I think, um, I think that a few of the people that, like... Uh, staged the coup and a couple of the people that were just sort of more like not part of the immediate core team but but like second tier volunteers are still involved I am on their mailing list still I guess because I got something saying that they're they moved it to September obviously yeah which is something we'd been discussing for a long time um and like we were <coughs> open to negotiations you know, everybody understood that things fundamentally needed to change because they were not sustainable. But it didn't Was it need getting to go. too big? Like, yeah. Open Studios? Okay. Yeah. And, like, I mean, it's important for, or it was, it's not, clearly not anymore. Um, <laughs> God, that's harsh. But it was important to do community projects. And we had a really good team of, like, community projects organizers who were doing a lot of things with a lot of different schools and a lot of different, like, youth. And um, when I left, that entire team left. And that entire program, I'm pretty sure, has just fallen apart. And, like, I think... Well, our, th our thinking was that we needed to reorganize things so that more of the resources could be, <clears throat> like, distributed throughout the year because we were starting to not make enough money to consider paying anyone, 
Um, but you know, like we had a few thousand dollars in the bank and it was like, well, let's put this towards something. Um, and we had this great sponsorship partnership with Blick. Um, that completely fell apart because the people were bullied. The people, they were bullies and they staged a coup. And I'm not the first one that said that. What was, so what was the disagreement about? I mean, basically they accused us of being white supremacists. Wow. Yeah. Like, it was completely ridiculous. And when you're trying to, there's no, there's no having a conversation with someone who thinks you're a white, white supremacist when, like, you think you're the complete opposite. And it was, like, it was, like, they, they didn't get my cell phone number, but they got Lauren and Alex, the, te- the heads of our community projects team, they got their phone numbers and they called them on their cell phones and, like, yelled at them about being white supremacists. And these are two of, like, like the most sincerely awesome, like, farthest thing from fucking white supremacists. All these girls, like, want to do is, like, good work. Like, Lauren works in, like, she does, like, art therapy at, like, Mount Sinai. And she does, like, a lot of work with kids in the hospital. And Alex does, like, after school and summer programming for, like, kids. Um, and it's just, like, they work in, like you know, disadvantaged communities, like, how can you say, and everything, and and then for fun, they do the community projects organizing for arts in Bushwick, where they work with kids in Bushwick making art. Like, okay, fine. I cannot have a conversation with you. I can only walk away or I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Were people feeling, I guess, underrepresented somehow or something? Or... I guess, I guess, but I think it was like largely just like a desire for control and to be in the spotlight. Yeah. And so these people were like, give it to us and just took it. And cause it's fine. It's a volunteer, you know, organization. You can only take so much abuse for no money. Like at a certain point, like it just stops being worth it. Yeah. So that was that was a real bummer. I mean, especially seeing like the direction that it's gone in since. It's really it makes me kind of like disappointed in myself, but it also just like makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Like I certainly like when I leave uh projects or, you know, jobs behind, I certainly Unless, like, something really bad happened. I, like, even if things got heated when we yeah. parted, I don't wish, uh, like, I want things, I want them yeah. to succeed without me, you know? Yeah. Um, and it seems like the, like, broader artist community in the neighborhood, you know, the people that were emailing me for four years being like, what's going on? And I was like, well, it's okay. Don't worry. We're fucked up over here. You're fine. <laughs> they've all come to me and well not all of them but like several people have you know approached me like independently and just been like what the fuck like this is not even a resource anymore and it used to be this great thing that we could count on every year and it just got completely wiped out and I'm like yeah and there's also like no community projects team either really yeah I felt like being an outsider, but being on the mailing list and everything, um, I felt the move to September. I didn't quite understand. I get, cause I remember 
I know it took a toll on you every year just because yeah. of how <laughs> massive of an undertaking it was. But, uh, yeah, like, it was something that everybody looked forward to every spring. It was um, kind of like the launch of summer. Yeah. Um, and I think if in September it got organized and was organized well, like, again, um, and it was, like, a really big event, um, it would have been okay. Yeah. But it sort of, I don't, I wasn't, I didn't know what was going on in September. Like, yeah. I remember that it happened, but I don't, there wasn't as much, like, community involvement. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like they're doing any of the, like, mixers or anything. Like, we were doing mixers, like, probably, like, twice a week. Yeah. You know, leading up to the registration and whatever. And it was like, you have to hustle to, like, get the people involved and aware. Because people are so inundated and overwhelmed with information that if you want them to hear your information, you have to fucking tell them over and over and over and over again. When I was in high school, my French teacher said that in order to, like, actually learn a word, you have to, like, like use it in, like, seven different contexts or something. So I'm like, okay, so we're aiming for, like, at least, like, seven, if not more, like, ten, like, points of communication leading up to every single thing. And that results in some people getting annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> but people remember... And that they're not doing that. They're not putting the word out. Or they're putting it out, like, once. And it's like, no. Like, that is getting buried so fast. That email is, like, not getting read. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a great resource for artists, um, for businesses. Um, yeah, it was a great, great time. Great moment in time. Um, but it was so much work. Yeah. So what do you have uh, planned for the future of the dark room? God. I heard it's expanding. Yeah. So basically, like, January of last year, there was, like, a small electrical fire that didn't really do any damage, but the firemen came in and fucking hosed a whole bunch of shit down and did way more damage than the fire. And resulted in us having to like redo like probably like 75% of the like fundamental electric work in the building. Um, and everybody's like, you paid for that. And I'm like, yeah, cause we got good rent and like had to be done. The landlord wasn't going to do it. Um, and I found better deals than I know the landlord, like he would end up like costing more and whatever. I just try not to talk to the landlord. <laughs> I was like trying to explain that to someone the other day and they were like, Oh yeah. Like New York, like, I get it. Like, I don't know. I guess some people are friends with their landlords somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then at that point, we like cleaned it all up and took over like one of the studio spaces in the back. And then Polly, the like building manager or whatever, took over like the last half of the section, like back and turned it into a like skate ramp slash like psych photo studio thing so it's all painted white but it's reinforced so you can skateboard on it it's the most hilarious thing nice. i'm like polly okay like you're a fucking 12 year old but you're 30 um <coughs> yeah um so we originally turned that into a large format dark room but then like a week or two ago the guy took his 8x10 enlarger out which honestly to me is such a relief because no one ever used it 
right? I said that earlier, I feel like. Um, so now I'm going to turn it into the alternative processes studio. Did I, I feel like I said all this earlier. Um, having deja vu. Yeah. Um, and then, so then Polly has his studio and then there was, there's one more studio, like private enclosed space, um, in the front that was occupied by this kid, Jason. Um, I think it's Ratlord Productions or something. Ratlord I know. Studios. I know Ratlord. Yeah. 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 yeah he uh, yeah. repairs, yeah. um, electrical, like a lot of, uh, amps and like different, uh, yeah. Pedals and shit. Yeah. Um, he does all. Yeah. So. I actually have a couple amps I need to bring to him. He's the best. I love him so much. I've never met like such a chill human. Like he's just so real and it's like there's nothing you can say that will phase him. Yeah. Like at all. Because he's like fucking from like redneck county country. (laughs) Yeah. He's fucking seen it all. It's like, okay, like you got that gray hair. Like he'd be a good person to have on here, actually. Yeah. Now that I think of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna reach out to him yeah. about the amp and about coming on here. Yeah. He's got such a great voice too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he moved out like a couple weeks ago. He's uh, over on Bogart and Meadow now. Okay. It sounds like he's got a sick new space. I need to go over and check it out. It sounds awesome. Um so we're taking over his studio. Bogart and Meadow. Over there by where Third Ward was, in that kind of like no man's land. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, Third Ward. Right. Wow. I hadn't, like, thought about that at all until I just said that. I was just thinking about them uh, Weird. a few weeks ago. Did you ever do any classes there or anything? When I, like, one summer when I was in college, I took a graphic design class there, like, 2006 or 2007. Um, but that was it. Because after that, it was just kind of like, well, they don't have a dark room. And, like, they charge too much money. And there's just something about it that seems, like, weird. I really, I I mean, I guess it could be all the concrete, but like, (laughs) I never, uh, never went in there. It was like on my list. Through it a couple of times. I went to a couple like events there. Yeah. After that, I wanted to take some classes. I don't know. Just they were always a little more expensive than they should have been, though, right? Like that's how I always felt. Like I'm slightly overpaying or like not taking this class because I don't want to slightly overpay. (laughs) Everything is pretty expensive, though. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice that you would give a younger you or, you know, somebody out of high school moving to the city oh my God. with, uh, photographer aspirations? Honestly, at this point in time, I really have no idea how people do it. Yeah. Like if I hadn't. Just with it getting more and more expensive and. Yeah. Cause I've been in my apartment for seven years now. So my rent hasn't gone up in like six. Yeah. That's the only reason I can afford to be in the city. If I had to move here now. And I don't know, <laughs> find a cheap apartment yeah. and like stay in it. Like don't fucking move unless you absolutely have to get that good rent deal and then like figure out like where to go from there. Yeah. I don't know. Come to the dark room, hang out. <laughs> it's always open. No, it's not. But it is for members. 24-7. Yeah. So, and there's some cool people there. It's cool. Our, our, it's grown. We have like, between the members and volunteers, we probably have like close to 150 people. So that's good. I want a few more though. (laughs) I want a little bit more money. Like I want to not be stressed about spending money. But once we're done with these construction projects and we finish turning this room into the computer lab or whatever, 
there shouldn't be any major financial like, hopefully, obligation. But yeah. they always seem to pop up. Yeah. So, I don't know. <sighs> Just going to try and keep going, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't really know what else to do. Yeah. Polly and I were talking about that earlier. Like, what would we do if we, like, lost the building? Oh, my God. I think I would, yeah, I was saying that I thought I would probably just have, like, a mental breakdown. <laughs> like, yeah. Because I don't know. It's been my life for, like, seven years. And I have, like, pretty clear vision for, like, where I want it to go and what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're very close to being there. And it's really frustrating that we're just, like, not quite there. But I think we're getting there. It's exhausting. Takes time. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or questions or anything? Final words? I don't really think so. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, so where can people find out information on the dark room? Where's the best w- way for them to? There's the you? website, which is just bushwickcommunitydarkroom.com. But there's also Facebook. Probably actually the best place is Instagram because I'm trying to keep that updated with like flyers and stuff and like like information about what's actually going on on a day to day basis. So that's what is it? It's Bushwick D K R M <clears throat> instead of dark room all spelled out. Gotcha. Cool. Well, thank you for talking with me. It's good to see you. Me. Yeah. Um, good to catch up. Yeah. I just dumped a lot. <laughs> oh, it's good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. You feel good? So that, my friends, was Lucia Rollo from the Bushwick Community Dark Room. She's an amazing woman. I'm really glad she sat down and had that interview with me. Like I said, we threw a block party many years ago. Would not have happened without her help. Her and her and James. I'll have a conversation with James another time. But that was Lucia Rollo. Check out the Bushwick Dark Room. BushwickCommunityDarkroom.com. Also hit them up on Instagram. You can find the notes for this episode and all the other episodes on BushwickVarietyShow.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like it, please share, rate, and review. This episode and all the other episodes are recorded in my studio in the Rack Shack, the lovely all-inclusive lingerie boutique located in Bushwick, Brooklyn, Check that out on Instagram and Facebook and all the other places. And do your thing. Do your thing. Whatever it is. Do it. Don't wait. Do it. Do something. Do something for it. And share it. Share it with me. Let me know what you're doing. I hope you're doing well. I hope you have a great weekend. You might hear from me before this week is over because it's it's Thursday. Um, but you will definitely hear from me on Monday. Thank you for listening. Go, be good, be great, be kind to one another. That's all for today. Thank you very much.